more talent came out of guy code than SNL. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of talented guys were on there. A lot of talented guys. I never watched Guy Code one day in my life. Donnell you know, want to know why erections were weird? <laughs> <laughs> erections are weird. What about it? What about when your girl looks over and you got one? What do you do? I don't know. <laughs> Thank God for that show, Bert. <laughs> Attention all cheese eaters. Tops Off World Tour kicks off November 15th in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Cincinnati, Nashville, Little Rock, Springfield, Philadelphia, Norfolk, Winston-Salem, Fairfax, Roanoke, Rochester, Worcester, Newark, Providence, and Albany, New York, December 10th. There's, you know, it's funny. There's a certain age when if you're smoking a cigar, you look like a total douche. And I think I've passed that age. I think people go, yeah, he's a cigar guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you rolling, Halston? Oh, awesome. Yeah, I feel like, uh, here, pull it up. I feel like I've gotten past. You know, what's interesting is like, and I mean this, like you watch your friends change. Yeah. And you have friends that were never cigar guys. They mock cigar guys because brand-wise for their stand-up, it was what they were supposed to be doing, right, at a certain age. Right, right. And then they get older and they turn into cigar guys. And you're like, yo, whatever happened to that joke about you thinking everyone smoking a cigar looked like they were sucking dicks? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> like or private jets like there's a lot that you watch people mature out of yeah yeah i've had friends that are like i'll never fucking fly in a private jet it's a waste of fucking money i got one friend who still says it out loud and flies private everywhere he goes says it out loud that for the climate you're saying it no no he's saying he's saying it because he's uh i'll tell you off air but he's he he's uh like a working class dude is his thing Mm. but he so he can't fly private to his fans because then yeah, but he does it. He's like, I'm not going to fucking fly with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, if I fly private, yeah. I'll tell you and I'll post it on Instagram. I'm going to yeah. tell, I'm never going to fucking lie to you about a thing. I'll fucking, because I be- love that. I won't fly private without champagne. There's got to be champagne. If I, I'll flip out if there's not champagne. Dude, <laughs> if we don't have caviar, then what the fuck are we doing? You better be a hot fucking yeah, just, flight attendant. Just go the other direction. <laughs> the fucking. I had uh, I got Tom for my birthday one year got me a private jet to take me like to a bunch of like back and forth to a bunch right. of things, and I thought I'd been flying private until Tom flew me private. Yeah, it had a flight attendant. It had like like I've never had a fucking flight attendant. Like usually we flew on a private jet one time where we had to piss in a cup and pour it in a bucket. That kind of takes the fun out of it. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of takes the elegance yeah. out of it a little bit. I would say it was so bad. But uh, you sometimes I won't back to the cigar thing real fast. I just I think uh, sometimes a cigar on a podcast because I watch my friends do it who I love, but I'll watch it and I'll look and, you know, uh, like if you're an uh, up if you're an unknown comic and you're on a big podcast, you're smoking a cigar It kind of looks arrogant to me. It comes off a little bit like. We're just two guys trying to like yeah. two uh, successful guys trying to figure it out. It's like, well, one of us is. It was it, it was <laughs> uh, the best is when you see guys do Rogan and smoke a, pod, a cigar. Yeah, because you see guys that have never smoked a cigar and they're yeah. like, "This is really good, Joe. Thank you." Yeah, no, I like, did. I Tell did. me more about the DMT I just took. <laughs> I can't wait to trip. I did Rogan and he was like, Do you wanna do you wanna smoke a cigar? I was like, nah. I was I smoked it outside before we went on. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because I just felt like it would look, I mean, he can smoke a cigar, but me, I, I people don't realize it. that's the move on Rogan to say no. That's the move. Yeah. Do you want to drink? Whatever. I don't know. I've never really said no, but like <laughs> <laughs> but like Segura says no all the fucking yeah. time. 
Yeah, he's like, Joe's like, you want to smoke? And Dom goes, nope. You want to drink? No. Do you want a cigar? Uh-uh. Yeah. I want to leave early. Tom leaves early. Oh, like wow. every, he'll be like, he'll, you you do a we used to do this. Well, thing. he was been on a bunch of times. He's like, uh, you know, Tom's here. Yeah, Tom so. also is not. He does not. I care what people think about me. It's my it's my Achilles heel. Right. It's how, it's why it's why I have to run my social media the way I do with someone else in charge of it because it does affect me. I mean, it, and it's so silly to say, but like. A negative comment. I feel like I let that person down. Yeah, we're yeah. sensitive. We're sensitive. Yeah. That doesn't change. I don't. I think yeah. with your levels of success. No, not but at that's all. That's why you're. That's why you're a great comic because you're sensitive. If you're not sensitive, you didn't. You wouldn't be a great comic. Mm. Nobody. You wouldn't be a great comic if you weren't sensitive to, uh, you know, what was happening. Yeah, I, I feel like I. I feel like that sensitivity is what gets you to write jokes. Yeah. You know, where, like today, I was. This is going to sound so – I never talk about politics. But today I, I just found out what's going on in New York with the uh, – they're called asylum seekers. Uh -huh. They're not immigrants or they're not migrants. They're asylum seekers. I guess that means they're not Mexican. I don't know. Hmm. Are you, do you know what's going on? I just know that uh, what I read in like the New York Post, which oh. is basically a third grade level. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, they spoon feed you the news, and yeah. then there's a lot of uh, page six um, with uh, these TikTok models who are, um, you know, exposing themselves. So that's what I read basically. But I, I, I haven't seen it really. But yeah, the the, the migrant crisis is supposed to be a, a huge. It's huge. huge and issue. I am so sensitive that, like, I there's a part of me that there, like, I I feel both sides of the fence like i literally fence wall i guess yeah. i should say but i feel <laughs> both sides of it i feel what it must be like as a father to want your a better life for your children and yeah. see new york as like literally the land of opportunity right new york is like i was trying to write a joke about it today this is the joke i wrote new york's like a porn star who it, it's like it, new york's like a porn star that you're dating and now she won't do anal with you you're like <laughs> but that's your thing you did anal. Like, you did anal with everyone. You were a gaper. That's what... The Statue of Liberty was you gaping yeah, yeah. for everybody, yeah. and now you don't want to fucking do it? We're dating? Like, what the fuck? I feel... Yeah. Now I feel like an asshole. So, like, I was... That was a joke I wrote. It's not a great one. I'm not great at jokes. But, like, the... Uh, the... Uh, and, then I, and then I empathize for the guy on Staten Island who's like, yo, man, now all of a sudden my kids' schools... I'm not, Staten Island's a bad example. Like, North... Right, I guess right, North... Right. Yeah, North, uh, like Hudson, what Hudson Valley. Like now, my kids' schools are overrun. Right. They added a hundred and fifty kids to every grade, yeah, yeah, because of this. And it, and then the part of you know the part of me goes, I think it's actually kind of funny that Rob Ron DeSantis and Abbott. I, I think it's kind of I, ironically funny that they were like, "Yo, yo, you didn't like our the way we felt out about immigration? Cool, we'll bust them to you." Yeah, yeah, and now New York's yeah. like, "Dude, this is." <laughs> It's funny in the yeah. way that it's like convenient to look at other people's problems and not empathize them, right. which is what New York was doing right. to Texas. Right. When you guys are racist, yeah, yeah. and they're like, "No, you can't, you can't call people racist for having a border policy." I don't know the ins Dude, and the outs of yeah. it, but to have a border policy, you can't call people racist for having a border policy. You need a border policy. Yes, and people kind of don't understand that. We're just talking loosely. They're like, why not? It's like. You got to know who's in the country. You got to know the numbers for the schools. 
you got to know, you got to know this stuff, dude, for, yeah. for infrastructure. And like, gets, you can't just go, yeah, just we don't have a policy or we have a policy. We're not going to enforce it. It's like that shouldn't be something we disagree on. No, I, 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 entirely. And it's so funny that now that it's New York's problem, they're all turning on Biden, all the politicians, yeah. all the Democratic yes, yeah, politicians, because yeah, yeah, yeah. they're realizing, yo, this isn't sustainable. Right. So, but I empathize with both sides of it. I empathize right, with right. like whatever Amy Schumer must say, you know, because I know that she's diehard liberal. Right. Or Chelsea Handler, I know right. that they across the thing are like, you know, they're they're like they're like the fucking tatted on the face liberals. Right, right. Like they're like, yo, these are my politics. It'll never. Yeah, change. yeah. I'm not yeah. that guy. They all my ch- politics right. change. That's why I don't talk too much about politics. Nah, but it's one of those things where it's like just common sense kind of has to prevail. It's like with the. You know, I was in Austin a few times and the homeless situation there is like they're on some kind of a something that's like, it's not heroin. It's something else that makes them super aggressive. Like yeah. you if you're there for four days, you will get into at least one screaming match or yeah. somebody will be screaming at you at least one time while you're there. And it's one of those things where it's like all oh, due respect and compassion, and everything. I don't know what the answer is. It's not this. Yeah, it's, it's not, not this. this. Dude, the homeless problem here is is it's different because it's bad in hollywood it's bad in uh it's bad in venice it's bad in santa monica but like where we are right now we don't see it too bad right and so it's like in a weird way we're like new york going like yeah it's bad but we just don't drive over to hollywood right right when you drive to hollywood it's fucking crazy and austin is it's crazy that they haven't fixed that because they're Mm -hmm. the kind of people that don't look for like I don't mean I mean this respectfully to Austin, but they don't they look for the economics of it, the the uh punctuality of getting the problem solved, mm-hmm. hence sending all their their uh they not uh freedom seekers right. to New York. Like they just go, Oh, this'll work. Let's just fucking put them in buses and send yeah. them to New York. And so it's crazy, dude. I both I both sides kind of have to admit that it's not like a simple fix. It's not like a simple problem. These people have you know, mostly drug, I would imagine, drug and alcohol issues, mental health issues. These are like multi-layered problems. So it's expensive to solve. It's not like a one, it's not like a one uh, fix on either side, like a one thing fix on either side. I saw, it's a complex problem. I see, anytime I see like, especially, I don't know why, but like young girls who are homeless, like meaning girls, just girls, meaning, I don't know, maybe 27, whatever young yeah. is to me. I always think, they didn't plan on this right like they didn't like sometimes with dudes especially the ones with like fucking like uh what's the what's the road warrior type outfits yeah yeah. like the homeless dudes who are like got the bike got the dog yeah got the fucking mohawk yeah and they're talking that like i go i don't know maybe that was in that guy's plans the whole time right when i see like young girls that are with those dudes i go they didn't plan on right and I, i don't think it I, I, you know, Dr. Drew and Dr. Drew says, I'm saying this, I don't know when he said it, he said to me a long time ago, but like, you got to want to not be homeless. And some of these people, they don't, they won't, they don't want to fix to the solution. I guess it's addiction right. or mental health problems. Right. It's addiction and mental health, which stops. Well, I'll counter your Dr. Drew with my Dr. Phil, which is get off your ass. And no, <laughs> I love Dr. Phil. He just gives it to you straight. The, uh, the, I mean, this doesn't happen in Tennessee. Oh, no, Nate no. Bargatze. No. 
What does Nate think? Nate's got to be like, hell, man. I don't know. I don't, that's why I don't live there. You know? Come on, man. Hey, uh, on. congrats on the special. Congrats you, on the buddy. special. Thank you. And I love what Nate's and doing. thank you for having me. I know, you're, I know you're super busy. No, thank I you am, for having me on while I, I was out here, man. There's a handful it's of people thing. I will always make time for. And, and because for me, it's a, it's a treat. I was thinking this today. And I'm being serious. Uh, I got up this morning. Uh, I've been getting up early because I'm not drinking. And I got up and I try to think of I try to think of a word. What was the word today? Uh, swag was the word today. Yeah. It's, it's silly words that I try to write jokes around or uh, try to think what, how do I apply that to my day? How do I find a way to like swag was the word today? And uh, I, I remember you saying something about your father when he passed and you were talking about his hair. And I said, yeah, God damn it, that family does have good hair. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, they got a lot of great qualities. And I was thinking about you. The one thing I was thinking is you are a, you've always been a really good person across the board, even just in the way you perceive fairness in life. And it's, and you taught me something that I won't talk, I tell you off air, but you said something to me one time that sticks with me so uh, adamantly. And I thought of this morning and I thought, dude, there's swag and then there's silent swag like people who are just good like sometimes you'll be talking shit about someone at the comedy cellar or comedy store and then the dude will just get up and be like eh, i don't want to be a part of this and you're right. like that's silent swag right, right, right and you're right. like dude that's i wish i had more of that i right. don't i don't right. i'm like i'll keep going tell me send me the video i want to see it <laughs> yeah no no i'm I fucking bad but you've got that it. like whatever you were raised with is like good people energy that you carry on throughout life thank you i was thinking about that today thank you, thank you. yeah it's just like uh you know uh work hard stay focused and it's hard to do now because there's so much going on and i gotta like i know you like get up and do like a cold you doing a cold plunge i, I saw it on cold plunge that's unreal i did i take cold showers oh, I, I do all it. that and uh breathing practice wim hof dude i got know? a new breathing guy that just hit me up keep going uh yeah Go get in my DMs on Instagram. I got a new breathing guy. Keep going. Yeah. So I try to do that because it's hard to if if you're if you wake up first thing in the morning and you're on Instagram and you're seeing what everybody else is doing and everybody's best living their best, it 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 screws your mind up, especially in the first half hour of the day and yeah. right before you go to bed. So that 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 screws you up big time. So it's like it's important to keep your mind clean. And I fall sometimes, I fall down and I have to be like why do I not? Why am I not feeling good? Oh, I'm not feeling good because I'm not doing my routines. Get up, stay off Instagram. I delay Instagram. I'm starting to delay coffee until really? like yeah later on in the day, oh, and wow. uh, and taking cold showers. Get up and a huge thing is getting a workout in. I can't do it all the time. Once in a while, I get a workout in before coffee. Just get up and go right oh, to I, the gym. I gotta have coffee and a workout at the same yeah. time. I'm, I'm my my lately because of my schedule. My schedule is just fuck because. Uh, because I'm around, Isla's wanting wanted me to take her to school. Right. So I've been driving Isla to school every morning. So it's fucking up. My, the time I'd work out is normally eight o'clock, and that's when I'm driving Isla to school, and then I'm driving home, and it's seven thirty to nine o'clock is I'm on in traffic. So and then my day starts at ten. Today I started at nine. Today I started at nine. Right. And then so I got to work. I'm working out after this, but uh, I love an early morning workout. Yeah, yeah. It's because coffee. Coffee's like a coffee's a drug, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm addicted to it, 
but it's like you get up, you have coffee, but if you get up and you work out, you're, it sends a weird message to your body. It's like, you're not getting that outside stimulation. You're getting it through natural means. Yeah. And it, 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 it kind of changes your, it changes your day a little bit. Do you know how they came up with coffee? No. They found these beans, right? And the guy tried to chew them and they were hard as, f- and he, no, hang on, I'm going to fuck this up. They tried to chew them, they were bitter, so he left them out, and then they got hard. So then he tried to soak them so that they get soft, and then they produced coffee. This is what they think. Right. And then he sipped it, and he was like, yo, I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, you know that, because have you ever had too much coffee? Yeah. Where you're shaking? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, your mind is I'm racing. <laughs> you're like, ah, I don't know. What's going on? Everything's crazy. Hey. And then you just, and then you, the worst is the drop afterwards. Like yeah. nothing's going well in my life. Like you <laughs> catastrophize yeah. when you come off that coffee high. It's really, it's really brutal, but it's a drug. It's, it's a, a drug. drug. It so. is a, so the difference between, okay, so, so here are the, here are my takeaways from coffee. These are the things I learned. So that's really big in the Middle East because uh, they didn't allow alcohol. With yeah. with Islam, they right. wouldn't allow alcohol, but they didn't mind coffee. So dudes drank coffee like alcohol because it was a stimulant, and it got them thinking. And they'd have these rooms where they go and have coffee and talk about you know religion or politics or whatever. Yeah. So that's a that's a big thing. And then um, what was the other takeaway from coffee? Oh, this is the cool one. So, like the best coffees are made in like I think Brazil or like yeah. that area, South yeah, America, South America yeah. um, uh, Ethiopia. Uh, Vietnam and somewhere else. Well, anyway, the I think it was King Louis's wife was smitten with this dude from fucking Brazil who came over to party with them. And he was like, his big thing was like, yo, can I get some of these coffee, this coffee you have? And they were like, no, this is our fucking moneymaker. Like, we're making money off this shit. Yeah. We're not giving it to you. And King Louis's wife, I'm fucking this up so bad that people are going to be like, it was Napoleon's wife. <laughs> she she goes, she loved this guy. She was like, this guy's so fucking cool. She goes and gives him flowers at the end of his trip. She's like, have a safe uh, trip back to Brazil. And he's like, cool. And she's like, check inside the flowers. And she gave him coffee seeds. And that started fucking South America's oh, coffee wow. production. Yeah. I just listened to a podcast with it. <laughs> it's amazing. Do you think, do you think the amount of information that's out there really? I mean, well, it's like, you, you don't even know to go. I'm surprised there's even college anymore. You could just do courses yourself, listening to podcasts, reading on your phone, everything on your phone. Yeah. It's a, that's a joke. I, it's like, are kids still going to school? Isn't there an app for oh, that? There should talked, be an app for school. I talked about the assassination, the assassination of uh, president McKinley. I listened to a podcast with Isla about the assassination of President McKinley. I listened to a podcast with Isla about the assassination of President McKinley. And she goes, uh, she gets in, she gets home yesterday and she goes, yo, I brought that up in history class. I was like, what? She goes, I like said, they like, they were talking about assassinations. We had just listened to it. And she goes, I like raised my hand and was like, oh, I, I know about the assassination of McKinley. What's interesting about his assassination is and this is what you always got to watch for if you're about to get assassinated. The dude clearly has the gun in his right hand, right. right? McKinley goes to shake his hand, and the guy's only got his left hand free, so he sticks out his left hand. And McKinley's like, "Oh, okay, Southpaw. no big Southpaw. deal." <laughs> bang, 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 bang. Next thing you know, gangrene sets in. He's dead. So, <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, I talked about, I talked about the And then I was like, "So then we started listening to podcasts on our ride to school in the morning, and it's like." 
she's there's so much more interesting than yeah. school. Yeah. The dude's voice. Right. Uh Hitler's father was a beekeeper. <laughs> You'll never forget that information. Yeah, yeah. His father yeah. before work would have yeah. one glass of wine with a cup of sugar in it. And you're like, these little fucking tidbits. Now, can I make a suggestion as a former teacher? Please. Listen to the podcast and the way to school. And at the stoplights, hit pause and then discuss. Wait. <laughs> hit right. pause yeah, on, the, yeah, yeah, hit yeah, pause yeah, on yeah. the podcast, discuss it. Now, what do you think about that? What do you think about what we just heard? Yeah. And ask her some questions about it. And then when the light turns green, then you put I the hit, podcast I hit on pause. again. Well, I hit pause. Today we were listening. Today she switched. It was about feminism. And she's like, boo. I go, yeah, you're a chick. You should listen to this. And she's like, dad, it's just not interesting. And I was like, really? And she goes, I go, yeah, but all your rights are because of these women that protested the fucking, right. the Miss America pro contest in 1968 or whatever. And she's like, she's like, yeah, get, get something fucking, I want to hear the Crocodile Hunter one again. I, go, <laughs> I was like, shit. And so we listened to this, they have this great one called I Survived. Mm -hmm. And it's about this woman who went parasailing, right. paragliding. And she got caught in a storm and ended up at 30,000 feet unconscious. Wow. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And But Isla, I know Isla so well. As she's listening, he's like, and then she was raising at a, at a rate of four meters per second. And I know Isla does not know what a meter is. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, do you have any idea what that is? She goes, no. And then I go, wait, hold on. What words are are, are, are kind of tweaking you right now? And she goes, what's a thermal <laughs> i was like i was like so like we had to pause i had to explain the podcast right. to her look it up yeah but like okay i mean this for real right right i'll, I'll try to think of a name of a, a name of a guy that no one can protest i'll, I'll do brian callen i love brian callen right. everyone knows i'm friends with brian yeah so what is knowledge brian reads a book uh germs steel and oats or something you, and rachel garcia read it as well did you read it? Guns, germs, and steel. Mm. And then he goes on Rogan and he uh, relays the information he read. Right. And then I take it in and then I relay it. At a certain point, are we smarter or are we just saying things we've learned? Like, who's the smart one in this story? Like, it depends because it feels like a game of telephone. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like the f it, facts change every time. Yeah. Oh, so I don't know what it was about, story. but it's like a completely different thing than what it originally said. Yeah. Like I go, <laughs> I go, what's so like, what is intelligence? Right. Mm. Like, cause I think m everyone would say, most people would be like, comics are just fucking morons. But then I go, we're, we're having original thoughts. Right. Like we're having original thoughts that we say and we come up with on our own. Usually right. they're based off of something super simple. Yeah, like grounded in uh, a lot of my standup. I really. feel like I just mishear people. And then I go, did you say that? And I'm yeah. like, no. And I go, oh, that would be funny if you yeah. had. Um, but like. There's always a kernel of truth in there. And then you ask the what. You just start throwing questions at it. What if this? What? I mean, some stories are just ready made. And you're a great storyteller. So maybe some stories are just ready made. But usually there's like a, a kernel of truth yeah. in it. And then. And then you extrapolate it out. I watched a documentary on uh, Eichelberg. Who's the guy they kidnapped in Venezuela? Uh, one of the one of they got an old Nazi, but he was like right. sixty five. Right. And I was like, he did it when he was thirty. Yeah, yeah. Like, are we like, are we gonna forgive? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like, Jordan Peterson says something. I'd never read the book, but he was talking about this book called Ordinary Men, yeah. and it was uh, this German police force that they 
asked to become Nazis. They gradually, they, they became, they were just policemen. But then, like Hitler took over, and they oh, this was, they asked them to become Nazis. I've they, heard about and these. they gradually you. It's interesting because they come; they are moral men at first, yeah. But then they gradually descend into being monsters. So it's like that's much more interesting to me than yeah. it's like let's kill these Nazis. They it's like I get that, you know, I get that they're the um, antagonists and and they're evil. But it's like it's much more interesting to me to see a moral man and at the end of the movie he's an he's becomes an evil mo how does yeah. that happen or even better yet like when you look at like when you look at uh I don't, did you see jojo rabbit mm -mm. well it's jojo rabbit and uh spoiler alert but like one of the bad guys isn't a bad guy he's a good guy right uh it's the sam sam rockwell's character and you go i always think this i always go what am i that good like, if I was, if it was Nazi Germany, yeah, would I oh, be yeah. like, would I be good? Everybody always thinks that they would be the hero in that yeah. situation. Would I be like, a good slave owner? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, like where it's, would you actually be when all the pressure is the other way? Yeah, because you immediately, when you watch uh, five, tw 20 years, 12 years of slave, yeah. or, or did Django Unchained, you go, that guy's a fucking animal. Yeah, yeah. But then you have a hard time, and, I, and I, I've, I've been trying to tether this to the thought of Karens, because everyone sees a Karen mm -hmm. and they go, fuck that lady. Mm -hmm. Until one day you're trying to get through traffic and there's a cement truck parked in the middle of the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, hey man, can you move? And he's like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And then next thing you know, your yeah. phone's out. And you're like, the, the clips are out of context. I always do it as a former teacher yeah. with, uh, they, they watch this teacher flip out in class. He's just flipping out, flipping desks and all that stuff. And, it, and it's like, ah, oh, look how terrible, look how bad this guy is. I'm like, yeah, yeah, put the camera on one minute before all of that happens and yeah. see if you wouldn't have done the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like he's acting that way and you're just showing the clip. Yeah. Out of context, that's nuts. But if you would have saw one minute before that all happened, you know, you might understand it more. Not that it's an excuse. You never should act that way, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. Everything's out of context. Everything's, everything's out a of video clip. Everything's a video clip and it's out of context and you go, and and I, I think there's not enough empathy in the world. I've been smoking a, a little bit of weed lately, mm. and I've <laughs> it's a good preface. It. I've been doing mushrooms lately, and I gotta say that we're all one in harmony, dude. <laughs> it's amazing how empathy works. Where you go, where like marijuana allows me to take a step backwards and go. Like Leanne was lighting someone up in the car last night. Yeah, we're driving over the hill. We're going to dinner, and she's just fucking hammering this person. And I was like, I don't know, for whatever reason, I guess I just tried to see the other side as she said it, because I was in agreement with Leanne. And then I was like, hey, I've been afraid. I've been afraid I was going to lose stuff before. Like when you get, you know, when you get needy with a girlfriend and yeah. you're like, and then you start not behaving like yourself. Yeah. And then you know that she's like, what the fuck? He's changed. Fuck him. <laughs> and then you're like, no, no, no. If you just gave me a, an inch of what I needed, I would go back to normal. Right. I would be the guy. Like, there's no way I could. I, I never was that guy. When, in any girlfriend relationship, the second I felt like I was losing them, I spiraled out of control. Like, yeah, I was, yeah. I gave them every reason to leave. Right. And so I was doing that in the car last night. And then I was like, I was like, wow, man, this is a pretty powerful drug. If it, if this is the fucking thought of it, if this is what it does to you, like, this is, and, and being on stage doing stand up with on, on weed, I've never done it. I've yeah, never yeah, done yeah, it. Yeah. I've never done it. I did it the other night and I came up with so many like just weird premises that maybe 
in conception, in that moment, we got a groan. Right. But I said, I was like, hold on. Yeah. It's like, as a comic, sometimes we're like cheese connoisseurs. We're like, no, I know you smell feet right now, but you pair this with a Cabernet. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to really enjoy it. Right. And it's like, um, it's like one of those things, too, where it's like, there's something here. We have that in, in, instinct now, this long enough to be like, now there's something here. It's not this. It Maybe it's not this because it's not getting the reaction that I need. But there's something with this. Yeah. I've been doing jokes about the electric chair. I find it fascinating because I was in the South and I was like, God, oh, that's an electric chair yeah. territory. Do you remember when they killed Ted Bundy? Yeah. Yeah, I do, I do too. That. I do too. We're the same age. Yeah, you were the same so, age. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, I remember the that. The radio station went went silent for a second. They go, okay, hold on. They're going to be pulling the trigger wow. in, in three. Yeah, that was in Florida. Two, yeah, yeah. One, and then they went. Yeah. And they were static on the, on the channel, Q105. And we were like, and they're like, ladies and gentlemen, Ted Bundy is dead. And uh, I remember that. I remember the same. One less single bachelor out there for you. <laughs> I know you ladies thought he was a handsome lawyer. But um, no, I always think about the electric chair from uh, the perspective of there's 15 witnesses. Yeah. And uh, I'm insecure enough to be like, could I sell that? <laughs> it's like embarrassing if you can't sell your own execution. They got to go to another execution. To get like to to paper the seats, <laughs> Can I paper the house. They just like, hey, there's this, or go into Hamilton, the line in <laughs> Hamilton. It's like you're not gonna get into this, but you want to watch some moron get uh, a thousand volts. I bet it's so fun to watch someone get murdered. Like I bet there is because you know that is that was the definition. I, you guys were right. We should have had two asterisks. Um, that was the definition of entertainment, right? Like during uh, the Reign of Terror in France. They would just, I thought that was the movie Running Man. Wasn't that the whole it movie, was the Running, movie Man? Running Man? It's like yeah. Richard Dawson. It's like, yeah, it's like it's it's turning uh, him into it's it's cancel culture. It's yeah. the it's watching someone. But the uh, fact is, you're watching somebody who deserves it. You're watching. That's the whole rub. It's like you're you watching somebody need, who they don't even deserves need to deserve it. it. They don't even need to deserve it. Look at the girl that just said going to Africa. Hope I don't get AIDS. Ha ha. LOL. She got her life ruined. 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 Yeah. And it was more like they were just like. They were like, that's it, fucker. Yeah. Like, she deserved it to the public. Right. Because she was a wealthy white chick who yeah. didn't have. And worked in PR. I and, think. and worked in PR. That yeah. was probably, yeah. But like. To, like the, to them, it was like, yeah, she deserves to have her life ruined. Yeah. Like, like they, you don't even. The kid that, that smiled at the Native American guy. Mm. The, oh, thank you. Oh, we got so many ashtrays from the company Raw, the weed company. Here, put, yeah, put one next oh, to my. Um we yeah i'll take one sure why not uh thanks jen thank you so much but like there's like that's why they deserved it the kid that laughed at the native american mm -hmm. guy that was beating the drum in his face yeah all anyone needed to see was fill in the blanks of your hatred fill in the right fill in the slots of right. your anger right oh yeah. young white dudes yeah uh proud boy like right. the all that kind of energy that's yeah. him okay we got him Ooh, person of color? Yeah. Fucking trying to show you culture. The word culture is a buzzword. Right. And then immediately, the most punchable man on the internet. This guy needs to be, here's where he goes to school. Like, all that yeah. news. And that, I mean, that was like, that was like Apocalypto. We were watching Apocalypto with Shane Gillis. And we were like, and you know, Shane was canceled. Mm -hmm. And he was like, and you could see, I think we were pretty drunk. But he was like, this was the first set of cancel culture of like yo 
They're fucking Incas. Get them up there. Drop them in the fucking. Cut their hearts out right, in front right. of us. Yeah, they're fucking Incas. Let's go. Right, right. You fill. You fill in the thing. I, that. Yeah. It's and it's and it. The reign of terror. They were like. They were like, yeah, he's a. Uh, I don't even know why they were killing people in the reign of terror. Just like he's a fucking. Just has a fancy scarf or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just like it's it's your own. You're channeling your own anger. It's a it's a righteous way to channel your own anger and it's it's not when, the right when was the last time you almost got a fight almost got into a fight yeah um i think i was at i was like in pennsylvania at a casino and i was just at the bar with a friend having a drink he came out to see me and some guy came up and started acting real wacky like hey 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 whatever i don't like that kind of i i don't mind if i know you but I don't like that kind of energy just from a guy like yeah. around me, you know? Yeah. So he, he started coming and it, he had like kind of a, a smart ass energy and it, it was, it was aggressive. And immediately like, it's like, oh my God, uh, I either got to get away from this guy or I'm going to punch this guy and I'm going to punch this guy. Yeah. So that's, he, he went away fortunately, but he came up and it, it's one of those things where it's like not that notable, but like, cause it kind of just happened right at, all of a sudden, and it's like, oh, this is. But your fight or flight kicks yeah. in, and it's like, oh, I'm either got to get away from this guy or I'm gonna punch him in the face. Yeah, cause he was like, hey, 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 what's up, man? What's up? Trying to be like, uh, I don't know, cute, charm, entertaining, or something, or or. But he was doing it in a in a kind of provocative, aggressive way. I don't and like. I, did, yeah. I didn't know him at all. Like I'm just. Uh, and he wasn't like at the show. He was just a guy at the, there was a band playing and he was just kind of came up and cause I always take that as like, are you trying to fucking, are you trying to bully me? Oh, like, I, I don't, I don't like that. Cause bro, I, I do not. Know. My hair raises on my back. If I feel like someone presents themselves as, uh, you're weak and I'll take ownership of this. Right. I'm going to alpha you in this moment. I start going like, oh, I would, I don't, I don't. I don't really normally, I don't, I don't fight or I don't get physical. Right. Or I don't get like in people's faces. But there are times when I go, oh, this, I don't like the way you're doing that. Right. Like there was a guy who um, on the interstate the other day brake checked me. I wouldn't even know I was close to him. Right. Right. Like I'm just not even paying attention. I'm thinking of something. And I guess he had been behind me. I, this is the most frustrating, I think, he, for him. I guess he had been behind me. I guess he flew up next to me and was talking shit, all of which I did not notice. I was singing The Grateful Dead. And he got in front of me and then brake checked me. And I was like, what? And th that's when I was, I was like, what the fuck? And then he kept doing it. And then we both got off on the same exit. Now, I'd, I get called uh, a lot of things by my daughters uh, because, yes, I'm sure this is whatever they want to call it. Uh, bigoted profiling whatever but i will judge i will i will make an assessment based on who you are by what car you're driving and how you're driving it right i will also uh based on whatever you are i will make all these assessments and then i will draw uh something out of that and this guy was a skinny indian dude in a tan uh a tan cadillac crx okay mm. so like so he is Oh, by the way, 
sidebar, he might have recognized me in this conversation. <laughs> so if he's in, if he's he was trying to get an autograph, if he listened. To, well, no, no. What happened was we pulled up to the fuck. We got both got off on the same exit, and he was caddy, cat, like caddy corner to me. He was up front one car, and he had talked all this shit. And my, my heart racing. I know there's rageaholics yeah. that that heart racing. That's what gets them off. And my heart was racing. I was like, oh, this guy's. I had flicked him off at one point, and then and now he's there. And his door opens, and he kind of leans out of his car and looks at me. And I was like, oh, I'm going to fight. But the second I saw him, I don't know. I just did a lot of assessment. I was like looking at his car. I was like, I bet that's his mom's car. Yeah, I yeah. think he's younger. Yeah, I'm certain that based on his age, he probably hasn't taken like martial arts classes. He doesn't look big. Right. He had socks with a slipper on, with a, with a slide on. As he stepped out, he like opened his door, stepped out, and looked basketball shorts on i'm like oh so he's about the culture but he's not really about the culture right like and so i'm like oh i'll fuck this kid up yeah. and and sidebar on a road trip recently me and my daughter isla bought ridiculous fucking knives and i had it in the car and i said i'll just stab him i'll stab him yeah and on my heart's racing and then he like kind of like leans out of his car and looks at me and then looks at me and then gets back in his car and i was like well that didn't go anywhere and then he just drove off. He didn't right. do anything. And I was like, fuck, did he recognize me? Was I an asshole? And then he goes, oh, wait, that's Burt Kreischer. Fuck that guy. Now he's listening to this podcast going, oh, no, that was Burt Kreischer. <laughs> <laughs> he just described my mom's car and my slides that my brother gave me. But it's interesting what happens to your body. Like, we're animals at the base of it. Because it's like as soon as you sense that, you, you're assessing it, you're assessing it. And just, like, scanning the car, scanning the It's like that's all, like, animal instincts. You know what I mean? And then the stop. And then it's like, well, I got knives in the car. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I would only think of that because it's like, what does he have? Maybe he's got a bat. I don't want to be ca- I don't want to be caught fighting with my hands when another guy's got like a Fuck bat or no. knives. But uh, I wouldn't be a, a, a opposed to something fair. Oh, it's yeah. like you're not thinking along those lines. Like this is like rage. Incident. Rage does not. Yeah. And it's kind of like anything goes here. Dude, I, you know, and, and, call and does me- it flash now when you do that? It, it, it's like I got a lot to lose because you have that initial rage and then you go. All right, if this plays out, I have a lot to lose here. Yeah. Oh, I thought uh, Bert Kreischer stabs a man off the 405, and I thought there's no way, there's no way anyone will be able to figure this story out. Like, you know, like the, 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 there's going to have to be a traffic camera. Someone's going to have to have a camera. Yeah, and, camera and for then, you to stream it. Yeah, because <laughs> I need to sell tickets. <laughs> I got to sell tickets. That's what, I, that's what I would think. I would fucking, I, I bet I could tickets. parlay that into so many fucking sold out shows. Yeah. Like Mulaney, yeah. all he did was got a divorce. Like I could fucking. <laughs> Just a road rage, road rage incident and then you're selling. I murder money. an Indian dude. <laughs> I murder him. And then I just go like, yo, no Indians on this door. And then all of a sudden the fucking alt-right's like, this is our guy. <laughs> this is our guy. Yeah, they just brand you. I don't want yeah. any asylum seekers at this fucking show. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's crazy rage is happens. a weird fucking. And road rage is like not, so I don't drive and I, I don't have a car anymore. Oh, that's kind of nice. I live in Manhattan. So it's, uh, it's, that's not what we're, now it's more in New York. It's just spatial awareness. You know, like people yeah. like too close to you, people like doing stuff near you, uh, you know, like stuff like that. Yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm afraid. That's of, rage. Do you, do you, are you hyper aware when you like get on the subway late at night? Do you even get on the subway late at night? Or you like, no, I live in a, I don't do that too much anymore. When I did, when I lived in Queens, I would do that. But it's like, yeah, your, your antennas are up because it's like, you know, what's happening, what's going on, who's where, who's, you know, every stop 
is somebody new getting on. So you got to assess everything. You know, you're just, everybody's kind of minding their own business or whatever, but you're always like every stop. I'm sure, you know, you live yeah, there. No, so I did. you're assessing the situation. But it goes away. Stop. It goes away. Like you, if you don't live in New York for long enough, it goes away. It's a form of PTSD. I bet. I knew a dude in the military who had PTSD who couldn't walk uh, through parking lots. Being that open freaked him out. Right. Like being that. And there's and there and there is certain things that like as a New Yorker, your brain just trains you to assess the danger. In New York, I, I don't know if you felt the difference when you moved out. You're already gone when I moved to New York. Yeah. But it's like I moved from Philly. In in Philly is I lived in a rel- relatively dense area in Philly. And when I moved to New York, I could feel the difference in terms of like when I would go back to Philly to do shows, I would feel the relief of it's like, oh, it's not this. And then I would come back to New York and it's that, you know, just the subway, the compact density of everything. You feel that tension. Yes. I used to go my and, cut- and also my mother, uh, when when other people come to New York, I'm sorry to cut you no, off. No, 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 please. But but they but they come to New York and they they they're shocked by the fact that like you're sitting on no one looks at each other, especially now. Everybody's on their phones. Yeah. But no one looks at each other, no one makes eye contact. Everybody is just like in their own. It's like it's weird that no one it's people kind of look through you. And I understand why. It's because if someone does make eye contact and comes up to you, it's they're asking you for something. Yeah. They're asking you for what, you know, and it's hard to decipher because it's like, are they asking me for directions? I'll give them directions. Like, you know, what this are is you? All the, also how you get robbed. Yes. So the, it's like. Robbery always starts with, hey, I know this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what's this guy? Dude, I used to go. So my cousin lived in in Philly. And when I started comedy, to decompress, I'd go to Philly. In New York, I'd, I'd get on the train and go to Philly. My my whole my whole mom's side of the family lived in Philly. So I would go to Philly and decompress. We'd go to the Turf Club and have Heinekens and bet on horses yeah. and have lunch and then go out to his place. And he'd go to work. He'd do some work. And then we'd come – or school. I think he was in school at the time. And then we'd go out and we'd hang at the bar down in the corner. And it was just like the smell of Philadelphia. Yeah. It smells cleaner. Right. I, there's a Christmas to the – I don't know if it's the trees or what. Or the or the grass, but it just smelled cleaner to me, and it was a great place to decompress. Yeah, it, the Jersey Shore is a great place to decompress, yeah. but Philly is like, or New York does have like a almost like fuck. It doesn't slow down. Like it. Yeah, they, they say the city never sleeps, but you're like none of them. Like it's just, and I remember like going through Washington Square Park and guys trying to sell me weed. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to talk to them. And that's they'd be like, funny. smoke, really and I'd be funny. like, oh, no, no, I don't. Yeah. And they'd be like, no, smoke. And I'd be like, no, I don't. I don't have any. I don't have a cigarette on me. Yeah. And they'd be like, no, you want smoke? And I was like, I don't want any. <laughs> You're having a conversation. Yeah, like, Wait, this is more. Yeah, yeah, usually they walk by, got coke, got, got that coke, got that weed, got yeah. that weed, got that weed. It's like, I, I, I thought it was crazy, you know, because I, I, of all people, look like a cop. And they're saying it to me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. It's like, how is this possible? How are they not getting arrested? You know, why do you think material coming out of New York? Why do you it's 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 true. I think it's true. And especially right now with what's going on in comedy is the I'll say this. I mean, that no disrespect to anyone, anyone's seen Austin or L.A. or 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 Atlanta or Chicago. But like the best comics, especially right now, are all in New York. You the, think I think so. Without well, I just think it's a, it's a consequence of, uh, you know, as it's always been just more spots more chances to get you think so yeah because it's it's there's more uh, 
even now it's like there's there's bar shows there the clubs it's like you can if you really bust your ass you can really get up a lot so it, that's always been the case in new york versus la i think age-wise you guys are the right age like I, like i feel like our la everyone was like i think there's a point when comics are like i think you got to be over 40 I this think, is back before no 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 well i i've always thought because that's not the case now now it's younger is better yeah according to like what's selling i think younger and and like the uh, stefano's 39 better. yeah uh schultz has got to be 40 right yeah those guys are all like uh like 40, 10 years younger than me like 40s yeah they late 30s uh early. Giannis has got to be 42 40, yeah yeah he's in his 40s yeah like everyone's in their everyone's hitting that age right but these guys it's... have been in it like, we're talking guys who like have been in it a long time and like yeah. came up through the ranks i'm talking about younger maybe tiktok sensations fucking mtv YouTube, was smart they'd redo guy code <laughs> that was apparently the fucking greatest show that ever existed more talent came out of Guy Code than SNL. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of talented guys were on there. A lot of talented guys. I never watched Guy Code one day in my life. Don you know, want to know why erections were weird? <laughs> <laughs> erections are weird. What about it? What about when your girl looks over and you got one? What do you do? I don't know. <laughs> Thank God for that show, Bert. Thank God for it. I never saw an episode. <laughs> oh my God. I never you, saw just, it. you know, it's crazy. Were you more of a Guy Court guy? Were you. <laughs> no, there's a guy court too. guy court guy, guy code I, I, i'm making fun of it but a lot of my friends obviously All our friends them, were yeah. on it and they were great on it but uh yeah they, they make fun of it yeah that's i've never i've never seen an episode but uh but like apparently that was the fucking shit it was like we did a show for comedy central once me uh amy schumer theo vaughn donnell rollins red grant uh I mean, it, it, like I, I'm forgetting names, but it was like a bunch of people that are all headlining now. Yeah, and uh, or not, not just headlining, we're yeah, selling like arenas. You guys are all selling arenas now. And it was called Reality Bites Back, and I was like, man, they should have. I don't know why comedies. I don't know. I looked at television the other day. I'm with at my daughter's uh, apartment or house. She was like, all girls are there. I'm trying to watch a Florida State game, and I'm like, hey. uh does your TV work? Because I can't get the TV on. And they're like, oh, we haven't even plugged it in yet. <laughs> I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, we, it's there, but we haven't, we haven't set it up. And I said, oh, well, let me set it up for you. Who Do you guys have cable? And they're like, What's, what do you mean? <laughs> you mean like Netflix? And I go, no, like, do you have, and then and the one girl goes, we have Google? And I go, no, I don't think Google's cable. She goes, I think you can get, is it like YouTube? Is it on YouTube? And I was like, hold on. I was like, you don't have like Spectrum or like Dish or yeah. like DirecTV. Right. And they're like, I don't think so. And the one girl was like, my dad just put the TV there. And I was like, okay, let me get you guys. And I looked at Leanne. I go, they don't, and Leanne goes, but honey, they don't have cable. And then I go, and then I look at five girls, not my daughter, but five girls in this house. And all of them are sitting on the couches in front of the television and they're all on their phones. Right. And the one girl said something that was so fucking insane. And I, and I, I maybe I pulled more out of this thing. She said clips? they were watching crowd work <laughs> clips. <laughs> She's like, Are they watching other people play video games? <laughs> that, that's my, that's <laughs> my, numbing hey man, that's like, that's how I know I'm old. That's my, what, what people watching other people playing video games and commenting on it. Right, I, I want to get on some of that money. 
and that's good money. Oh, that's unreal. There's a dude, Ninja, who is like we're friends with. We know Ninja over here. He's he is. I don't, I won't say how much money he has because I, I don't I don't know, but I will tell you, way more than anyone I know. Yeah, and he he's the number one dude at playing like uh uh I don't even know the one where everyone what's the game where everyone builds a house and then you build the house and then you build another house and then you make fr- Fortnite Fortnite. Oh, I thought it was called being a contractor. <laughs> <laughs> build a house, don't finish it. I talked just to leave some- it there for a while. Have the guy call you. I talked to someone the other day and they said yeah, one of my favorite games is uh I'm like a I build like a garden. And then, like, I, I tend to that garden, and and then I go, you know, you can do that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but I, it's just so much easier. It's all on my, on my. I got to get home. I'm having a virtual harvest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the virtual well, crops are pretty good this year. I know we sound like fucking boomers, yeah. but how crazy is it that people watch Gen X, baby? I'm Gen X, yeah. Gen X. That's I, how we do it. That like. It's insane that like they would watch someone play a video that, yeah. and it's like really entertaining. I've never, I've yeah. never watched, I've never watched one. Maybe I just, I'm sitting here crit- critiquing hip hop like my, like I'm in my dad. You know, yeah, I don't yeah. get it. Yeah, I don't yeah, get it. Yeah. I, all they're just doing is saying the N word. It's yeah. not great. Yeah. But like, like I go, but there's stuff that you get that it's like, there's stuff that I see that I get why it's popular like that what? I'm not like, into. Like what? I'm, like, I'm not into it, but uh, just, I don't want any, but certain comics. There's oh. certain comics that I'm not into, but I get why they're popular. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, but, but or certain things, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's just uh, there's uh, like I I never, I'll tell you, I'm gonna I'm gonna list off things I didn't get. I still don't get. Okay, I'll tell you, I'm gonna I'm gonna list off things I didn't get. I still don't get. Okay, uh, couples dancing together. Like learning a dance and doing the dance together, I never got it. Yeah, I never learning a like, dance together. No, but that's their. No, but that's their. There's that's their TikTok profile. Uh, it's hot mom and a semi good looking dad. Right. Who, who learn a TikTok dance together, like like not the macarena, but like an elaborate macarena. Right. And then do it together. I'm not saying I don't like dancing. I saw a dad teach his son his college line dance today, and it was fucking awesome it right. was awesome watching his son go dad I, let me show you my line dance and then the dad taking over and going let me show you how it's done like yeah. that's great yeah uh, a good dance video like the yeah. girls who do dance videos in dance studios yeah. or dance troops or or cheerleading squads i get it yeah but like the hot girl who's got the pretty attractive dad husband who looks like he paddle boards and 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 probably is a good guy but he still is a republican and but they do like a dance and the dad's like okay uh uh and he can kind of move yeah and then they have then that's their following like i don't i don't understand i don't understand lip syncing when they lip sync to like right right. like i don't understand when they're opening boxes deboxing a gift uh i kind of don't understand that yeah i i don't understand i'm opening a gift and you're watching me debox something yeah, I, I I can watch Casey Neistat do it. I used to get excited when he did it because he pulled on the way he did it. He pulled on a knife. Um, <laughs> pull out a knife if there's a, yeah if there's a knife at the end of it, you can't be against that. Yeah, I don't. Um, but like Takashi Six Nine, I watched that whole documentary. Yeah, and it's like the they were they were making the music videos, and he's like the music really sucks, but the the videos are are great. 
that's where we're gonna make that the videos are great. And then they showed clips of the video. It's like, no, no, no I get this. <laughs> I understand yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand why the videos are great. They are, you know, yeah. I, it's great. He's like, the music nine is 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 this generation's Kanye West. Like he's he's he I just, mean, I don't know how popular he is after that whole trial and everything. That is, is he still in trouble? Continue. No, he's not. He, he's not in trouble. But you know, he was with the um, a street gang. I don't know what they were. The Bloods or the the Bloods, yeah, or the Bloods. But he was with them while he was on this ascendance making music, and he was like, they were his crew. You know, his protection, his crew. And then uh, then the FBI closed in, and then he flipped on them. Yeah. And then he did some time, and now he got out. But he's you know he's got, he cooperated. He got, he got so beat up at like a crunch right. fitness or something. But that's relatively. Uh, small like a, a a slight thing relative to what he did so you're a gangster rapper you cooperate with the government and then you come out and just continue your gangster rap career that's mystifying to me yeah because it's like and 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 they explained it they're like these kids on tiktok who are watching this are not in, they're not street kids and they don't they don't care. care they don't care they're white kids they do not care they're at little all. little white kids that like, live but, in but Sherman isn't Oaks. this all what it's it's gangster rap and this guy did the exact opposite, broke a, a code. Broke and the code. The code, the main code. Snitches get stitches. Yeah, and he's back and able to still have a career. That's unbelievable to me yeah. as, in terms of like where we are. And I guess it's the technology and it's uh, like knowing your audience. Your I'm, audience is not street kids. I'm as astounded by that as I saw a roundtable interview with a bunch of directors, mostly of color, and Mel Gibson. And I went, Wow. Yeah. I'll be listening to this whole interview. Yeah, yeah. Waiting for Denzel to say something. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, we're gonna hang on. Like I, I don't mind. I believe in forgiveness. I yeah. believe in redemption. I believe in getting fucked up and you say something fucked up yeah. and 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 saying that isn't me. I believe in that too, by I, the way. I believe I in, really do believe in I, that. I believe in all of that. Yeah. I believe in I believe that dudes can be bad people at times. Yeah. And then go, hey man, I fucked up. Yeah. I fucked up. Right. She was fucking with my head. I was hammered. Hey, sugar tits, all of that, right. all of that, right. especially with alcohol and drugs. Yeah. But at one point with a smirk, Denzel doesn't go like, say something. <laughs> he didn't go, pack of, <laughs> pack of, <laughs> finish <laughs> this sentence. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> he lead him into it like oh. a good director would. Yeah, like a good director would. <laughs> But oh. no, the other thing that's mystifying to me is these mafia. I'm a huge mafia. Uh, I love, I read books about it yeah. and all this stuff. It's interesting to me that these guys would live a life of crime, but then join an organization where there's rules. There's like another, uh, there's, isn't the whole thing doing crime, not abiding by any rules and yeah, just being an outlaw. Yeah. It's like they join another organization where there's another set of rules and watch. authority to answer to. And now these guys are cooperating, which I understand why, because they're facing life sentences or were betrayed by people in their own life. Yeah. And now they're just, and they're competing and now they're talking shit about each other. The yeah. podcasts are squaring off against each other. It's really something to watch. That's sweet. The gangster podcasts, mafia podcasts are having beef with each other. Yes. As they're having beefs with each other. It's like, you're a rat. It's like, no, you're a rat. It's like, you guys both cooperated. But <laughs> I think it's like, they're 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 fighting for views. They're fighting for, like, they're fighting for views. Like, my podcast. And then guys are, like, working with other guys, not working with other guys. Well, that guy's trash. And it's like, Sammy the Bull, which is the underboss of the Gambino crime paper. Yeah. He's, like, the biggest 
name. It depends like he's where got a podcast. Yeah, yeah, he's got a podcast. It it, it depends where your rank no was bullshit? when you flipped. Really? If your rank was the higher your rank when you flipped, the more people want to hear. And these guys are unbelievable storytellers. Oh, I mean, I just natural. And the stories are so compelling. But the only issue is they have that one story to tell. So they have to really space it out and they have to really like spoon feed the crowd a little bit at a time in order to make it last. Because yeah. after a while, it's like, like with Michael Francis, who I think is an unbelievable, he's an unbelievable storyteller and had a uh, crazy, um, he has a great podcast. He's very well-spoken, but he's just in his, he, he only has so much to, now he's doing like evaluating mafia movies. Like you need to figure out other sources of content. Well, the, it's the, like there was a dude, there's a comic. Uh, I, uh, I know his name. Johnny Mitchell. Do you know who that is? Mm -mm. He is a comic. I think I'm saying his name right. He's a comic who got arrested for selling cocaine, went to jail, and then came out. And I think he did Schultz's podcast, and he talked about being in jail and selling coke. And it's like he he told the whole story on Schultz's. And then Tom had him on, and he told the whole story to Tom. Part of me was like, I kind of want to hear the story too. Right. Like I and then, but I'm like, I'm like, I bet he's thinking. I'm done telling that story. I want to move on. I want right. to do, I want to just be a comic. Part of me is like, I could hear that story a hundred fucking times. I can hear the one story a hundred fucking times. Really? It's, if it's a good story, yeah. like I go, just tell it to me again. But that yeah. also is the guy coming from the guy who tells the machine every fucking night. So like, what what, what do I have to say? But uh, but, but like, it's different on a podcast. Once people hear it on a podcast, they can yeah. hear it a couple of times. And then it's like, okay, now what else? People are just like, you know, it's this disposable content that we're all into. It's like, all right, what's next? It's like, yeah. well, that's, then I cooperated, so now I can tell you my life since then. You know, yeah. I, but you're I, right. Why are they? Why are all these mafia guys? Why are guys that commit crimes such great storytellers? This I, kid Johnny Mitchell, I do not know him. I also watch all the uh, the guy that around the Tupac murder. Yeah. That's fascinating to me too. Oh my it's god, like the With Tupac the Biggie murders, all like that. That's sort of the, that um, that whole thing. I'm addicted to watching those guys because those guys are like. Crips and Bloods, Compton, and during the '90s, during that time when we were yeah. coming up, it's like, and we, we all remember that, and and it's just like how it happened and how it played out. It's really very interesting to me. Do they have a Crips podcast? They have to. No, but it's like uh, Vlad, Vlad TV, and um, I've done some Vlad. Of the other guys, I've done Vlad. Have you? Yeah, it's uh. But these other guys, the he like interviews all of them all of these guys who were involved at the time and like getting down to the reasons as to why like Tupac was um, killed and how it was done. And it was, it's, it's, it's crazy. That's insane. I would love to listen. I'm going to listen to Sammy the Bull. Yeah. His podcast. I'd love yeah. to hear. I that. mean, those stories are, the stories are unbelievable. I, I understand why there's a huge following, but it's, 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 it's going to be interesting to see like where these, where they go. Cause we're comics. So it's like, there's always stories happening yeah. all the time. So we can always talk about that. We can talk about joke. I, anything we do, all we have to do is like make it funny. Yeah. And it, and, and it, it, it works. So that's an endless supply of content. But with these guys, it's like a very specific time. They're talking about history because it already happened. They're not in the life anymore. Yeah. So they're not doing gangster shit anymore. So it's like they're talking about the time frame of when they were active. So there's only so many stories to go around. During that time frame. Yeah, and then when they run out of stories, it's like, what's next? You know? but no, but I was just telling a story last night to, I was telling, I was talking to my, we had dinner with my agent. And I was telling him about this buddy I had 
like randomly, like he I, he knows my agent probably knows all my stories. Probably I feel like he's been listening to everything I've done. And then randomly we got into his conversation about this friend I had in college who was a fucking lunatic. And then you go, you go like if I told college stories, I could probably tell college stories for the rest of my life. If I tell family stories, I bet there, I bet, I bet with a lot of those guys, I bet a great producer could get even yeah. better content out of them. Like a great producer. Well, going, Sammy the Bull had seasons. He goes season one. He did season real? one. He had a really good producer. He had a really good setup. Season and now one. is he still doing it? Sammy? So I kind of dropped off a little bit because, you know, he got to the um, Paul Castellano assassination where they killed, they conspired to kill him and then them taking over the family, then them getting arrested and then him cooperating. And then to me, that's kind of the end of the, I guess he got rearrested for the ecstasy. Ecstasy, but, yeah, yeah. But um, but like, there's a. F my point is, there's a finite amount. I guess you could go back and and just yeah, talk about each each person that you were involved with. You know what I mean? I guess that's what a way is it, to do it. What is it about me and you that like guys like like we're I'm drawn to that guy too. Sammy the Bull is a fascinating character fascinating. to me. Uh, John Gotti, the whole all those even gangsters in general. There's yeah. a guy that I spent uh that was in the mafia that was uh at my honeymoon and uh danny and dawn and danny was clearly in in the mafia like he clearly was in in organized crime his chick was fucking smoking hot leanne and i just got married and immediately i was drawn to this guy like why we're all on this one little island and i just kept looking at this guy I go what's his story yeah he had like uh, he had really distinct tattoos on the insides of his calves and on his forearms, really distinct. Like clearly, like I, I've, I'm in something. And we hung out with him. We had the greatest night. I ended up throwing up. It was the last night there. It was like fucking crazy. Right. But admittedly, both me and you, immediately those guys are, and I mean this respectfully to say, to any of those mafia guys, they're more bullies than they are not bullies. Yeah. But but and and I get turned off by bullies, right? But I'm drawn to it. I think some of the guys are. Some of yeah. the guys maybe are bullies, and then other guys. It's like anything. It's like some guys are, and some guys aren't. I think. But yeah. it, it's fascinating to me that these guys, um, at least with Italians, they're not they're not outlaws. Yeah, they're not outlaws. They, they have rules. They have rules, and they're uh, they're they were very good at corrupting the system. They were very good at that. So yeah. it's like paying people off and using their heads a little bit. Some not, but but many of them were very smart. You know, they were very smart at paying people off and and uh, greasing the wheels and using violence only as a last resort. If you had to make a comedian mafia based on the people you know, <laughs> who would you put in that mafia? Like meaning I, brains, uh, like just brain. You got brains and brawn, right? So you need like the brains and brawn, but then also money makers. Money makers. Money what? makers is a huge thing because you got guys. You got guys in that life, from what I've read and listened to, who are huge money makers, but are pretty nonviolent guys. So yeah. it's like those guys are a benefit to the crime family because everybody eats off of them. So then, who would we put in? In in comedy? Yeah. Well, you got to put the guys who sell. Those guys are in. You know what I mean? Yeah, but there's a lot of guys. Like you're not putting Nate in the mafia. Nate sells great tickets, yeah. but he's he's not. He doesn't belong in the mafia. Oh, are are you talking about like violence? I'm talking. You have to create. Oh, I thought it was a like a comedy. comedy. No, you got to create a, create a comedy mafia. Transition guys who are who like I immediately my brain immediately goes to Tim Dillon. 
<laughs> Tim Dillon would be a great mob boss. Yeah, I think so. He'd be a great, even the way he carries himself in, in oh. it, everything about him, he's a Teflon Don. Yeah. He's a great mob boss. Right. Because he, I mean, I was hearing a story about Tim Dillon the other night. Someone was saying they were watching his, I fucking forget who said this. They were watching his clubhouse, like clubhouse was a thing during the pandemic. Yeah. And Tim was only doing clubhouse with investment bankers in Silicon that's Valley. That's really funny. That's he, really funny. That's all he does. But you know what? I got to say, it's like that's outside the box thinking. That's really outside the box thinking, which I got to compliment LA for that. LA, like in New York, it's like the comics are like grind, notes to the grindstone, joke writers, go up, get spots, work stuff out like that. But I got to say the guys in LA are like, good at outside the box thing. i mean we're all doing that now but i gotta say during podcasting yeah. when people out here started podcasting us back there we were laughing and they're like oh my god for real write a joke yeah. write a joke dude what are you guys doing talking about your feelings yeah and then a couple of years later it's like it's a huge thing everybody every, people are tripping over themselves oh. i was one of those guys self-admitted you know self-admitted to be like oh my god really podcasting talking just talking Turns yeah. out it's a huge oh, it's, thing because I'm thinking so inside the box. Well, no, it's, like, it's you got to be able to think outside the box. New York was so close to the forest, they couldn't see the trees, mm -hmm. and all LA saw was forestry. Yeah. They were like, we see logging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't even see the forest. We just see right. an opportunity to start tearing down logs one at a time. LA's got the mentality. It's like, oh, we're bigger than all. We're bigger than all. It's, uh, New York is stand up for stand up's sake. St In you, LA, it's like, no, there's a bigger picture here. You don't and that's really LA, smart. Yeah, you don't come to LA to be a stand up. You right. come to LA to get in the entertainment business. Right. Like, that's, it's the biggest. It's like when I first moved out here, I remember talking to someone about spots and they're like, spots. Yeah. They're like, yeah, you, I mean, yeah, try to get up at the improv. And I was like, wait, you're not getting up every night? And they're like, no. They're like, three times a week right and i was like that's it and but like, is it true or not true that when you moved out here like uh i don't know when you first moved out here but I, when i met you you were, I always pictured you as a guy who was like one of these guys and this is how it works in la for guys like you or like uh purist guys where it's like you were on the road yeah. every weekend well i couldn't get so spots. it's like you were working out the, so you were like doing five or six shows then you would come home i would do i would do five shows every week regardless and then I'd come home and do spots Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like we would do uh, Irvine and Brea, me and Tom and Ian Bag were like the three dudes who probably did it the most at that time. Right. There were a bunch of guys that did it, but like we were, we were in with Frank and Dan who ran Irvine and Brea and they would let us headline Irvine and Brea. So you do one show on a Tuesday, one show on a Wednesday, and then you leave Thursday morning. You do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday come home monday i spend monday night football with my family but i just was i just was like there's only one way i know to get good at it and is just get on stage yep. more than anyone that right. was the only thing i knew was like you just got to get on stage more than anyone can get on stage and then you'll just get better than them right. and i was watching la and it was like i, I won't say names i won't say names because it, it's not but like i remember watching dudes uh that were in la that would like hang out at the improv yeah and i was i remember going like why are you why would you ever hang out at right. a comedy club like i didn't understand the idea of like being seen was an la vibe right like being at the club i'm here yeah i'm hanging out yeah 
And then if there's a fallout, I'll, t- I'll get on stage. I was like, no, man, I don't show up at that club unless I got a spot. I do not hang out at a comedy club right. unless I have a spot. Uh, uh, save for the store. At the store, I wanted to be, um, I wanted to, uh, the store was the only place, and I did that as a, gr- a grown adult, where I would hang out to be seen so that hopefully I could get on stage so that I could get past. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was, I mean, still to this day, like, I mean, I, the amount of comics that go up, I, there's a lot of really great comics. I just don't see do stand up. I just right. don't see them. I no, mean, I don't see it anymore. I understand what you're saying. And it's a thing. It's a, it's a, it's a thing where it's like, oh, there's a, there's a better use of my time here. There's well, a better use of my time because is being in the clubs going to sell tickets? Is that going to sell tickets? Like, what's going to sell tickets? It's like, it's like you do a video, you focus on a video, you focus on a web series, you focus on a podcast. It's like many more people are going to see that yeah. instead of working in relative anonymity in a club. It's, that's got its use because it's like you're trying to develop the material and you can only do that by being in the club and failing yeah. and all that stuff. But it, in terms of like getting a following, it's like, where are, is it going to pay more? It's going to pay more on a podcast. It's going to pay more, uh, you know, just do this things that you're doing on, say, be funny on a podcast, be yeah. funny in another where, where you're, you're going to get 50,000 people to see you versus, you know, 75. Yeah. I mean, the the other thing is, uh, like, now I, f- now I feel even more removed because as I have conversations with people and they go, what's, you know, God, man, it's gotten so, like someone said to me the other day in a podcast, how often do you think about comedy? And I go, it at times is the very last thing I think about. Like when we do Fully Loaded, it is it is the last thing I think about during that tour is my set. I have so yeah, many yeah. fucking fish to fry that I, mean, I don't me, think about my own Me meal. personally now, when I go on the road, I, I, I'm working on my hour. I'm working on a new hour and I, I, I have it. Um, I have the core of it and it's exciting and stuff. But now when I go, I'm thinking about tickets. Yeah. Am I, how am I selling? What do I need to do to sell? Like, that's really, well, it's, my, it's, it's a, such a weird thing because it used to be, it's like, am I going to do good? Am I going to have a good set? Like, how's it going to be? Now I don't think about that at all. Now I think about, I think about my act, but I, uh, but that's a constant thing, whether I'm in New York or on yeah. the road. But when I go on the road, I'm thinking about, you know, am I selling tickets? It's What are the tickets? I'll tell you the, the, these are my thoughts about that. It's, and I have a lot of thoughts because I think about that a lot. I think about the relation, the relationship you have with your fans. Like I'll use Shane Gillis as an example. Yeah, Shane Gillis is a underdog. Yes, and he connects with people in an underdog way, like in a, a you know, despite the big successes he's had in life that maybe have all been taken away from him or, or that have not happened or, f- or fulfilled. He, and in, in even like when they saw him get, start getting on Rogan. Yeah. I think there is a type of person, myself included, who sees themselves in Shane and goes, yes. And, and so I think that's like, I, I use Shane as an example. Cause I, I've watched, I've watched him r- rise. Right. And also, he's a very reluctant hero. That's I think that's also like part of his accessibility is he doesn't know how to handle it. 
Like he really does that vulnerability. And because at the end of the day, he he's a purist. Like he's yeah. a comic for he just wants to do comedy. You know what I mean? So he it, all the con like he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be mixed up in all that. I don't I don't want to speak for him. No, he doesn't. Want I, he doesn't want to be mixed up in all. He just wants his comedy showcased. It's funny because I I really get a kick out of this. Is going to sound like oh you can only feel this way about a friend. But I really get a kick out of what's going to have to happen to him now. Like, because his special is pretty fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's on Netflix. And yeah. I'm sure it's trending number one yeah, right now. Yeah, it's number one. It's great. And uh, he's, he's going to have to, he's going to get, he's going to have to make decisions that I know the right ones. I know the wrong ones. Right. And I've seen people make both. I've seen where people go. And this navigation. You're talking about, the, it's a weird thing because you're talking about like, you want to see a guy like that win. Yeah. You want to see him win. And so now he's, after you win, then what? Yeah. It's like, now there's a decision. It's like, you got to still, the great ones all stay focused on the, the act. Like you take a guy, you know, David Tell, these guys who are just, you can give them a hundred million dollars. You could throw them in the gutter. David Tell's the perfect It's like example. they, these guys are the same guys. And that's, Dave, I think after you become a huge success, like I'm sure like Shane is and will be, yeah. it's like, you want to come back to that. You want to come back to being a purist. Like, will he do this is, is this cake? <laughs> what is that? It's a, it's a, it's a show that they go to all the, it's their be biggest show on Netflix. I think they go to all the comics that, have performed well on their platform. Yeah. We'd love to have you on Is This Cake. Now, it's that style of show mm -hmm. does not allow... It's a great show. I'm not shitting on the show at right. all. It's a great show. But it does not allow for Shane to be Shane. Right. You have to play within the parameters of that show. All celebrity... Uh, As a veteran of Comics Unleashed, it, I have yeah. to say... <laughs> but like... like uh, <laughs> Uh, the dance show in America, Can You Dance? Or yeah. What, or whatever so it's you called. think you can dance. So you think you can dance. Yeah. These are all shows that now will start being presented to Shane where you watch certain people make certain decisions. Yes. And and find out what path they want to go on. And has have a guy, as a guy who has made certain decisions, made certain choices, uh, it's fun to watch the purist be presented with the same opportunities. Right. And, 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 and you know, like I had a great, I had an amazing conversation with 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 Atel one time, and we were talking. And I've had a, the same conversation with Lewis Black, yeah, about when they all did that first. It was the first theater tour, really, of three white comics. It was Atel, Lewis Black, and Mitch Hedberg, and they all got presented with the exact same opportunity. Do you now want to be a theater comic? You, the world is your oyster, Dave. You have the hit show on Comedy Central. Yeah. You are, I mean this respectfully, the best comic out of the three, and I mean that respectfully. Right. It's just, it's my opinion. I think Lewis Black is a fucking genius, yeah. and I think he would admit Lewis, admittedly, I think started as a playwright, stumbled into comedy, right. and and but I think David and and Mitch Hedberg was a fucking genius. Yeah. A genius, but in my for my money, David Tell, without a doubt, the best joke writer that's ever lived. Yeah. And David Tell took the silent high road. Right. This it's a silent high road because yeah. no one sees your decision you make. No one's Dave says, I'm a club comic. That is where what I do is best. Right. 
I'm doing clubs. And then continue to just sell out clubs yeah. and sell out clubs. But he doesn't get the, and I mean this once again, all respectfully. I'm talking about the people that are out there, like the Brian Regan, I'll do uh, 75 theater shows a year and make $25 million. Or the Sebastian Maniscalco's, I'm going to do arenas yeah. now. He doesn't get that 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 moniker because he takes the silent high road and goes, I am a club comic. Now, we all know it. Right. We all know. Right. But we had, I had a great conversation with Attell one night about this and, and about, I don't think he ever second guesses his decision, no. but like about that decision because I made the opposite decision. And I had, I was presented with the identical same choice. Do you want to do theaters or do you want to stay in clubs? For me, mine was made out of cowardice. I, I said, meaning I didn't want to go to theaters because I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to go to theaters. So I didn't think I could fill them. So I was saying, I don't want to do theaters. I want to be like a tell. I was only saying, I know I can fill clubs. I want to stay filling clubs. Right. David Tell knew he could sell theaters out yeah. in a heartbeat. Right. He knew at a certain point he would have to change and stop being David Tell. I thought I could be Bird. I don't think I am. I don't think I'm the same comic that was in the clubs. I was a little more alive in clubs. I was a little right. more spontaneous in clubs. Right. But I made the choice to go to theaters. And it was interesting to sit on a private jet with David Tell and sit and talk to him about that decision, about his choices in life. And and what's even more interesting is to see him looking at me, seeing the choices I made, and now I have a private jet for me and him, and, and to watch him go, but what compromises did you make? Because there are compromises you make, right. 100%. You, I think you you may gain a bunch of fans, but the some of the purists look at you and they go, that's, that's just a guy that takes his shirt off and 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 told the machine story right had you just stayed in clubs and been the purist you know and so it's it's cool to me i said it to mark norman i think we edited it out of the podcast but i was like so are you excited for fame and he was like you could see him yeah i saw that i watched it comfortable i watched that yeah and I watch that podcast yeah. and that's the question i say to you is like you got the yeah the your your the last album you put out is top to bottoms and i, I only say Second to Skanks for the Memories and Laughs Per Minute because Skanks for the Memories is my favorite podcast. Uh, my me favorite. Too. But me like too. we me, I've told you this. We listened to it in the parking lot at Gelson's, me and my wife and my daughters, fucking crying laughing. It is the best. I have not seen the new special that Nate directed that's out on Nate Land. Yeah. I, but I, I only because I'm fucking overwhelmed with right, right. everything. I will watch it when we're on the road. Be, because you are, you, Sam Morel, Mark Norman are probably the three disciples, the three horsemen to David Tell. You are right. the ones carrying the fucking flag for where where purists of comedy land, and they go, those are the real, that's the legit right. dudes. But I go, so are you excited for fame? It's been, I've just been in the in the grind of it for, for such a long time, and I'm old enough now where I don't think I would get drawn in by... Oh, you get uh, drawn in, you get drawn in. Maybe. Yeah, I didn't get successful until I was like 45. Like that's it's, by the way, there the age. I'm not right talking now. about. I think that's a like deciding to do theaters over clubs is not like a. It's not what it used to be. But well, it's not it, what it used it, to it's be. It's not because... a thing where it's like, oh, I'm I'm going to do something different. It's like you could still. I mean, that's not really. You could still stay within the character of who you are and yeah. do theaters. It's it's theaters. Yes, yes, but theaters. There's there's something when you see someone in the club that it's a little more fucking. It's a little more it's immediate. A little grittier, yeah. It's it's streamlining it versus smoking it. Right. Um, 
and I and I wonder because we you know we all talk about like selling tickets and that that clearly goes hand in hand with fame. Right. I'm just talking about the fact that it's like once you're selling and you already have them, yeah. It's like how much do I work on my act now? Because they're coming for me, kind of. I could they'll listen to me, kind of do whatever I want. Yeah. So it's like so how much do I put into my actual act now? Like how much do I focus on that versus focus on the other things? And that's really the question. And um that's the tricky part. Yeah, it's the tricky part because you you, you look at your you like is anybody it's not that they're not going to note purists will notice, but yeah. the actual fans, it's like they're coming to see me no matter what now. I have them. Yeah. Yeah. I worked all this way, I did all this, I sacrificed and now I have them. So you just don't want to get caught. I think you don't want to get caught up in a thing where it's like, um, I got to You're never satisfied. You never look back and, and you're satisfied with what you're doing. You just like keep you, this needs to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It's like, OK, uh, you know, but how much are you putting? How much are you, are you focusing on your act? How much are you focusing on your hour? Yeah, that's really what the the difference between being a purist is like because they're coming anyway. Now you already have them. So yeah. it's like. Is there any benefit to working on your hour? You know, it's like that kind of a thing. It's 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 the uh, for me it is. For I've me, always, it's like I've always said it's like, and I, and I I've said this as long as I've said anything in stand up is are you challenging yourself like on stage? I one of the things I admire about Bill Burr to the fucking sky is that it seems to me from everyone from my perspective, and I've spoken to him a little bit about this. Um, was that he challenged himself on every hour he did. He did yeah. something new. He did something different. He never was like, he never like hung his hat on what he was great at right. in, in initially. He always challenged himself to do something even better than before. And I, I would notice it. I would watch specials and go, man, it seems like he's doing a little more act out. Right, right, right. Like, you know, like yeah. it was really, like he's already got the things. He's already got like, for him, it was like as a golfer, he's, he's like, he's got the fade. He's got the draw. Yeah. He's going to, now he's going to learn how to do a fucking, knockdown shot or he's going to do a, right. a, a like a, a screamer up yeah. the, you know it's, it's neil pert neil who's pert, neil pert neil pert's the drummer from rush yeah he retaught himself to play the drum he's passed away now rest in peace yeah. but he was playing a certain way all his career best rock drummer arguably ever and then at the end like the last few years he was he learned to play a different way really yeah he completely switched and just relearned it's it's terrence crawford who's a he just fought. He's a world champion yeah. boxer. He hurt his hand. He was just a just a um, sensation and a, and a, and a great boxer in the in the ranks, unknown for a long time. Became world champion, but um, hurt his hand earlier in his career. Hurt, hurt his right hand, and and instead of just staying out of the gym, he went back to the gym and learned to fight southpaw. Now he can switch. He can switch, and Jesus. he just beat Errol Spence, who's a great fighter, and he did it. He fought southpaw the entire fight, and Errol didn't know how to didn't know how to deal with him, and he's. He stopped him in the ninth round, and I was like blown away by. It. But that's an example of a guy who like gets debilitated. His anybody else would have just stayed out of the gym, yeah. But he went back in the gym and learned to fight southpaw. And now guys don't know how to deal with him because he can switch stances mid fight. So that's kind of what you're saying with yeah. Burr. Burr. Burr always did the thing where he would he would always do the very tough thing of taking an unpopular position on a joke. He would take yeah. the unpopular angle, and they would go. Especially in a club where they don't, you know, everybody knows him now, but in a club where they didn't know him, they'd go, oh, you know, they, yeah. to his premise. And then he would, and then he would just like break it down and, and bring them 
in and yeah. end up and then just like they would their minds would be blown at the end of it yeah i i i think that's the challenge is like trying to like find new ways to write like for me right that's what i'm doing right now because i go like i remember stan hope one time said it was it was doing a very drunk drug-induced podcast with tom rhodes back when tom partied and he was like stan hope's like he's like what's next and stan hope's like i don't know i told all the jokes like I told them all. Like, what am I gonna write? Another abortion joke? Right, right. Am I gonna write another fucking this joke? Like, yeah. I've told all the jokes, and then I was like, part of me, like, I was like, yeah, I guess I've done a lot of family story. Like, what is what is the story? What stories do I want to tell? I've done party stories. Right. I've done family stories. I've done like, and then I was like, what do I want to talk about? And so, and but it's what's crazy is that teaching yourself how to drum up again. Yeah, like I have one bit that is that where i'm like this isn't what i do but i find it really funny and i want to figure out a way to do an act out in it and really own and be in the moment and make it more visual and i but you gotta suck while you do that well isn't also another aspect of it like you did your movie yeah so that's like another like you're getting these shots now that you never had so it's like oh let me try to make that and that's kind of like a, a stand up set where it's like you're trying to make each scene as tight as ever connected to the other. So it's yeah. kind of like doing an hour, like, but just in a different, you're pouring it to a different container. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fucking, I'm obsessed with stand up. Yeah. I think I have like, but is the hour, like, that's the other question. It's like, we're all, you know, the model used to be, we're all getting ready for this hour and we're trying to like protect it, protect it, like not let it out, not yeah. let it out and then release it. Is that the model anymore? Is it even an hour anymore? I guess for you, Chappelle, bigger guys, like, yes, that's the model an hour because people will watch it. You guys have uh, diehard fans now. But it's like for others, uh, people in the unknown, like, is it 30 minutes now because of people's attention span? I think is it's- Is it 30 minutes now? And do you do you release each bit uh, on your YouTube first and then bring it together? Well, d- does it matter that people saw it in... in uh, it saw this joke on your Instagram or saw it on TikTok, and now you're bringing it together. I don't know if they care. I don't know if they can watch an hour of somebody that they don't know. Uh, maybe it's a half hour, and maybe you release the bits for content, and then you bring it back together, and you release the half hour. I, I, I don't know what the model is, but it's shifting for sure. Yeah, it is shifting, and it's what's interesting is that, you know, when I was going to, before I did my first Netflix special, I remember having this conversation with Tom, and I was like, is the hour the thing? Because everyone was like, I was like, what if I did, so like, I was like, what if I have like three, I have three hours. I, at the time, I probably had two hours, right? Which I skinnied up into one. I skinned up to one special, right. and then whatever didn't work, I kind of re-figured and then rewrote, rewrote new stuff for the next one. But I go, what if, what if the, what if the, the, the model is 20 minutes, and I do, tw- I do a new 20 minutes every month, and I released new twenty. That's, that's what I was. That's interesting. That's really interesting. That's I what think, I was. That was what my plan was. Yeah. And then, and then I and I recorded, uh, I recorded two hours at Comedy Works in Denver, right, with a film crew, and, and then I got home, and uh, from that, and they offered me an hour at Netflix, and I was like, oh, I guess I'll just do this, right. But but I did I did believe like because I, I got also got offered a half hour at Netflix, at the, right before then. And I was like, well, no. I was like, the half hour isn't the art form. And, and like, cause, or it was maybe it was a half hour, 15 minutes, whatever it is. 
whatever they were doing, half hours. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were doing half hours, yeah. <clears throat> and so I was like, the half hour is, is the art form's the hour. Like, right, if you watch a dude, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, I'm trying to think of a great analogy. It's like, uh, I get, you know, it's like um, the power lifters. Yeah. And you're like, they're like, yeah, he can clean and jerk or he can do this or he can do that. But then you go, well, yeah, but, or his curl is this or his, and his, uh, and his shrug is this. When you're like, well, yeah, but the whole thing is you got to move it and put the movements together. Right. You got to put the movements together. Right. That's okay. This is, a, I'm going to get to analogy. I love analogy so much. <laughs> so they go, they go, yeah, the guy can shrug like 200 pounds and you're like, oh, cool. And you're like, and his, um, his tricep pushdown is like 85. And you're like, great. And he's like, and he can, and he can squat like 500. And you're like, cool, but can he clean and jerk and, and like press? Right. What can he do that? Cause that's the movement. Right. That's the one we hold to. And so you're like, yeah, I, there are dudes that on, this is a weird analogy now that I'm breaking it down. There are dudes that I like watching. Uh, I like watching their individual workouts, but when it comes to like Olympic weightlifting that we're going to watch on TV, it is three disciplines. It is your squat. It is your clean and jerk. Yeah. And it's your military. Like those are the things. Yeah. So I, I always looked at the hours like, dude, it's the clean and jerk. It's the, it's the full press. That's what, that's what I've been training for. Yeah. So that's what I want it to be. Right. God, that was a fucking long way for. No, no, I understand it. It makes sense. It does make sense that you you're training for the hour. You want it to be the hour, but I'm I'm just saying the way that the the way that the the platforms have changed. Yeah. I, I, you know, I I don't know. I'm just looking at it from a perspective of uh, selling tickets. You know what I mean? Like who has the attention span to watch who can, an entire yeah, who hour can get, it's those, of, it's of somebody five, that that doesn't that they don't they don't know. It's the the five girls sitting on the couch at George's house and looking on their phone. They probably are most drawn to the guy with the thirty second clip. Yeah, of the black lady yelling in the club, "You're a racist," and then the black and then that guy going, "Oh yeah, dot dot dot." And then everyone laughs, and then she's leaving. He's like, don't let the door hit you in the ass, sweetie. And they're like, that guy's good. Like, that's the thing. Right, right. You know? Right. Why aren't people scripting their crowd work? Are they? Why, they should be. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. They should. What are, what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> Make it better. Why not? Make it better, yeah. But if if you don't have to, and it's already selling the way that it is, Yeah, like, but why it's not as good go as it could that. be if you scripted it. Yeah, yeah. It's not as good be if you wrote it, be, which is the stand-up model. Yeah, it's just like you're just writing crowd you, work Yeah, now. why don't you just write a better bit? Yeah. <laughs> then, but that would be like, great if you, could, if you could go, where are you going to the bathroom? Are you going to take a dump? It's like, all right, let me get it again. Yeah. Where are you going? Are they going to the bathroom to do fentanyl? Okay, can, let me let me get another version. You just got, write it on yeah. the spot. But no, I got. I was doing that in Oxnard uh, last week, where I was like, because they record all the, the yeah. sets. And By I the way, like, I'm doing. I'll, I'll do crowd work stuff too. Oh, I'll do. Crowd, you know what I mean? I'm I, doing I, crowd I won't work do stuff crowd work also, as much so. as this. I'm not shitting on yeah. it and being like, oh, oh no, I don't no, do I'm this. Not. I do it. Uh, I don't. I don't only because it doesn't serve me. It's like it just doesn't get me to. I'll do crowd work if I'm trying to get to a bit. Right. But like, uh, it doesn't. It doesn't like I'm not doing crowd work clips just because it doesn't serve what my purpose is. Right. Um, but uh, I was doing a bit about uh, say to me in the front row, say, uh, tell me I'm stupid. And uh, 
And I was like, and then I'd be like, you don't look like you're having a good time. He's like, you're stupid. And I go, oh yeah? Well then what do you know about uh, Maximilien Robespierre and the, and the French Revolution? And I go, did you know that? And oh, that's great. And then it was that's like- That's a great to segue well, in. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's, uh, and, it, and then you look like you're doing, cause that, you know, that's the other cheat code about crowd work clips is like, I remember when I started in New York, the thing was, only ask the questions you have the answers to already. <laughs> I never asked anyone yeah. what they did and wasn't prepared for 19 occupations that it looked like that guy did yeah, for a yeah, living. Yeah. Like, I didn't look at a guy with a stethoscope around his neck and go, you work on the railroads? Like, and so I would only like, and, <laughs> and they would all lead into jokes I had. No, that's really great where you just stay with it. He goes, no, I'm a doctor. Doctor of railroads? <laughs> Are you doctoring <laughs> up railroads, huh? You, you a doctor of local? You're an engineer. Uh, just, the just best crowd work dudes ever. Like Todd Glass was so he fucking really good. He still is. He still he really is. Makes me laugh. But he makes me laugh. Fucking Rory Scovel. Holy fucking yeah, Rory, shit. Rory Scovel, fucking Ian Bag's crowd work is is you could i mean you he can clip it out but it shouldn't even be clipped it should be fucking cocksucker it shouldn't even be clipped because it is better in the hour dude he did i said this so many times and do not clip this out and edit it out of this but because i've said it a lot ian bag did crowd work in an arena and he was playing to the sections he's like oh 609 i know who you guys are <laughs> and it was so brilliant really but you have great. to watch yeah. ian on stage for 30 minutes yeah. to get just how brilliant his callbacks were yeah. his retention his recollections it was fucking masterful there's so guys that are so good and look everyone doing crowd work clips yeah. stavi norman sam right. morell they're yeah. all fucking awesome yeah. they're great crowd work Absolutely. clips i'm not shitting it's the ones that aren't those, those guys. guys are also <laughs> those guys are also great comics too, yeah they're so, great comics I mean? so when you watch mark norman write on the fly yeah he is genuinely writing on the fly yeah. or he's at tell me what's going on in the news and you know that mark's been spending all day yeah, writing yeah, 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 yeah. that's what he's showing yeah, you right. these are all the jokes that aren't good enough to go into special but they're good jokes and they will disappear tomorrow right and we're not going to let them go to the ether right right this is a but yeah. hunter biden joke that is topical today and we'll do it today yeah. or like uh and sam is i mean i think sam is genius there's so many stavi there's so yeah. many good schultz i've, I've complimented schultz his crowd work is so it speaks such volumes to what a good person he must be in real life and how many diverse friends he actually has right because he you cannot talk to him he'd go what are you uh sikh indian and the guy's like how did you know and he's like i could tell by the bracelet that's where you guys used to keep your sword you know that right and the guy's like huh <laughs> you know why you guys are all, like his crowd work is so yeah. fucking rich yeah that i'm like yeah all right, we should wrap this up. Motherfucker, okay. I got to go work out. Wait, uh, your special is where did you shoot uh, it's it? It's on Nate Land. Where did uh, you shoot all it? All love. I shot it in Nashville. Fuck yes. Uh, all appreciation to Nate for giving me the opportunity and the platform. Dude, he's inspirational. I'll tell you right now, I heard Nate was doing this. Yeah. And we started doing it because Nate started doing it. Because we're like, I heard that. Yeah. We got comics that were, I say we, my wife really was like, we talked, we talked to Nate and Laura. Yeah. And they were talking about what they were doing. And Leanne's like, we can afford that. And I was like, what? She goes, that's what you do. You give back to the comics that were there for you and and have helped you and you believe in and you think really deserve more. Yeah. And uh, and she's, you know, Leanne's whole theory was, 
you know, and, and I think Nate and Lawrence were too, is like, you know, we got really fortunate a couple times that not everyone gets all these fucking breaks sometimes. Not everyone gets all these opportunities and we just stepped in shit a couple times and now it's time to pay it forward. And so we're, I don't, we haven't released it yet, but we did it for Shane Torres Shane, I, and I we're doing Shane another one. We're, we're producing another one, I think on the coming up. And Nate did you, he did Greg Warren. Greg Warren and, and Joe Zimmerman. And Joe Zimmerman. Greg's is unbelievable. Greg's an unbelievable guy. I know he was on. Greg's, Greg. Greg's an unbelievable. He's a great comic. He's just, he's a great human being and an unbelievable wrestler. He was. Uh, yeah, that's right. You guys both have wrestling together. We both have wrestling background, but he was an All-American in yeah. college, which he's, is like, the I was a practice guy in college for a while, but <laughs> he was like the cream of the and crop. Joe Zimmerman has the best Andrew Jackson joke I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. Just know his bird watching stuff. Leanne, Leanne is, he's, he's. There's like a couple people that Leanne will flag to me, and he was one of them. She's like, "This guy's funny as shit." Yeah, he's great. He's fucking amazing. But uh, so his is coming out. Greg's Warren, Greg Warren's is out, and uh, mine is out on the Nate Land homepage. That's and also 800 awesome. Pound Gorilla, which did a great job. Yeah, is that Matt Schuler? Yeah, Matt Schuler's a gangster. Yeah, those guys I love did a great guy. job with the special. So uh, it's called the Attractives. It's on uh, YouTube. I do, I do a thing. I do. I have to do a whole pitch at the end of my set. I go, I have a special on YouTube called The Attractives. Please watch it. They don't just give anyone a special on YouTube. <laughs> oh, wait a second. All of us could have a special on YouTube, but go watch mine. It's called The Attractives. Um, also, I have a podcast uh, called Mike Vecchione Investigates, um, with Gas Digital, uh, but it's available on iTunes and MikeVecchione.com. I'm on the road. Brother, you're the best. Thank you. I, I really appreciate you. No, having anytime, me anytime, you. anytime you're out here, please. I, I could have a cigar with you any fucking time. Thank you so much, man. I, I really appreciate it. Dude, congratulations. And, and you took me on the road like at Atlantic no. City. So I appreciate we'll that get, also. I, dude, let's get you on Fully Loaded this year. That would be awesome. Fucking, yeah, dude. These guys are all like uh, friends with Dan and Big J. Yeah. Those guys are all like speak very, very highly of it. They say they have blast. Dude, it's all it is is yeah. camp. It's, it's just unreal. comedy camp. It's fucking yeah. awesome. So thank you. Dude, no, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Fuck that. Yeah.